Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Squiggly Film Club with me, Ben Mitchell, and Laura Beth Cowley. Hello. And Steve Anderson. Hello. You're joining us as we're just about to press play on uh, cinema classic Heavy Metal. Which is on UK Netflix at the moment. Well, there you go. So you can all watch. I mean, if you have Netflix. You all have Netflix. Everyone, Yeah, everyone has Netflix. Who doesn't have Netflix? Yeah. I think uh, three people have Netflix and everyone else has the logins. Yeah. <laughs> you can't all watch it together then. No, no. Um, but, you know, you can watch it together with us. That's what this podcast's all about, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The illusion of uh, being social and being in a club. No one's yeah. lonely in the squiggly world. <laughs> except all of us. But if we're all lonely together, there's a <laughs> uniformity in the blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so... <laughs> Heavy Metal is this week's film. It narrowly edged out Anomalisa. Was it narrow? I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't there for the final tally. It seemed narrow. I, the other I was day. there. On, I was there on the finishing line, Ben. I took the numbers. Uh-huh. I, I ran the numbers through the squiggly computer. It made all the noises, and uh, yeah, it was forty-two to fifty-eight, which is quite oh, close. Okay. So well, not too bad. Um, and I think maybe I might have sort of drummed up the numbers a little bit. You were a little bit busy this week, so you weren't you weren't able to, uh, to I was fill on Twitter. It. Yeah, I you were sleeping for this on the one job. On both of the tallies, because it's like I really don't want to talk about Anomalisa. So. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I think you would have been annoyed if Anomalisa. Uh, I wouldn't have joined. Yeah. <laughs> Silent well, protest. I don't know whether or not that means, you know, in future weeks, should we be doing uh, the ones that have been kicked off? Because, no. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind having a go at Anomalisa. <laughs> uh, we'll find ones, we'll find a way to get this. We'll, basically, we'll take the rejects and we'll put them up against, like, a way worse film. So it'll be James and the Giant Peach versus Sausage Party. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, maybe if Anomalisa was up against something else that was quite similar to Anomalisa, but not as good. I'll think about it. Yeah, I kind of think heavy metal is that film. <laughs> I, really <laughs> See, I would have thought, yeah, you know, I mean, they both have... Maybe something that's like super, super uncanny. Heavy Metal 2000. Well, like the Polar Express, wasn't it? Yes, that would be a great, that would be a great one to put it against, because nobody wants to watch that film. Or Monster House, that would also be great. Just openly talking about how we're going to rig this system. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put up against either Monster House or uh, Polar Express. Then, then I would want to talk about Anomalisa. So, what Why should would the film make st- you like the film more? Because it, in comparison <laughs> oh, to see. having to watch Mo- <laughs> Monster House ever again or Polar Express. Right. There you go. Well, there's um, some logic there. That's good. We've got a plan moving forward. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> so, what should we be picking for next week? We should open up the vote for for next week's films. Ooh. Well, uh, there's been some discussion. Um, I'd like to put ones in the ring or throw various hats in the ring. I want to put uh, Land, uh, The Land Before Time against American Tale. Can can you pick both, though? What do you mean? Uh, uh, Screw it, we'll just do that. (laughs) The Land Before Time versus American Tale. Because I'd be happy to talk about either one, but I think they have very similar... (laughs) This is all about me, as you see. Yeah, Um, that's okay. But it's all, they have very similar energies and they all have a real tinge of nostalgia in them. They're really very much, both of them, very part of my childhood, personally. And I have a feeling that after this film, we're going to want something to sort of cleanse <laughs> our souls. And they will have been like the first proper, like, generic films that we've covered because we've 
we've covered a lot of independent and weird ones. I mean, like mainstream. Yeah, yeah, and also like if you're if you're a kid of the '90s, you definitely owned both of these films. Yeah, I yeah. think The Land Before Time definitely became one of those very like generic franchises, but the first one probably has some. Merit oh, it's it's it. like so above all the others. Like it's yeah. one of those weird ones that has like didn't we look up the other day? It has like fifteen sequels. Right. Yeah. And then, but like the first one is just like this whole other film comparatively. They all link, obviously, but mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's much better. It's like comparing Cube One to Cube Three. It's a <laughs> chasm of artistic uh, merit in between. Uh, shall we begin? Heavy Speaking metal. of artistic merit. <laughs> okay, so I, uh, I have it all queued up. Shall we mm-hmm. press play? In Let's count back. Three. Two, Two and one. one. We've got the old Columbia logo. Do you remember the? You know the one with the horse. What, Tristar. Yeah, is that yeah. not? That's not the same studio then. No, it's spelled and pronounced Why they differently. Like sometimes together. Because <laughs> they became. Well, oh yeah, they Tristar, did do stuff they? together. Good point. I, I rescind. My- <laughs> We're off to a flying start. We're already in a lockdown row over I, the Columbia TriStar Allegiance. I love the backgrounds because they remind me of like the artwork you got on the side of vans in the 80s. Like, I everything- think that's the whole film. Yeah. It's yeah. just an okay. 80s van. Everything's been made with a, a spray gun. Oh, here comes the big green ball. I miss the big green ball. Uh, you'll it'll, it'll, you'll see it again soon. <laughs> oh, this is fucking epic. I mean... That's exactly what this film is, isn't it? It's epic for the sake of epic. (laughs) Why is the heavy word wonky? Because it's heavy. It's too heavy Uh, to to stay upright. But it's the same scale. (laughs) Don't don't try and point out out errors. Is that what we're going forward in this? I I feel like this is going to be boring. That that, uh, rocket is very phallic. I mean, you're you're in for a long journey. You really are. Can you, are you able to turn off the ringtone but keep the um, boob app? I'll turn it on when when we need the boob app. Okay, well, so like, what's we've the not, rule? We've not are, we, are we pressing the? Am I in charge of? I think so. You've got spot, the, okay. uh, so the technology. Every, there. Is it every time I see a boob? Do I change the horn noise between each boob? Maybe depending on the boob, we basically oh. we're, we're going to play a, a klaxon every time. Are we go- maybe are... we could have different horns for different characters. Sure. Go with your heart. Okay. I yeah. think is the best way forward. Really a person shit. Wait. Okay. Well, yeah, but he doesn't have boobs. Oh, it, okay. So it's just the characters with boobs. Is there more than one character with boobs? I've never seen this film before. There are many. There yeah, are there's many. quite a lot of. Is this a music video? It does look like MTV Idents yeah. from like 1992. Yeah. Is that a real globe? So there's, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of things with this film. So this particular. Uh, sequence it was obviously filmed um but it was filmed on a crane and they xeroxed it and painted it and all that sort of stuff but yeah this guy really sucks at driving (laughs) (laughs) what is he doing he's just rotating through space yeah i do like the way he's just looking down on earth going whereabouts oh yeah there 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 we go (laughs) that planet (laughs) i mean it looks cheap nowadays obviously it's 1981 uh, and the reason it looks cheap is because it was cheap. Uh, I, I've heard stories, obviously, this was, um, uh, is it uh, Ivan Reitman, the producer of the film? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he made the film on an extremely tight budget, but throughout the world. Uh, there were studios in London, Toronto, France, uh, LA. Um, and he... Oh, nice Great landing. landing. Yeah. This guy really sucks at driving. <laughs> I mean, good suspension on the car. You've got a really... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I love the yeah. parachute for resistance that just appeared after the landing <laughs> and then just immediately like collapsed in on oh, itself. Yeah. <laughs> when was this made? 81. Okay. The people that made this would be alive still. Mm. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, Sorry. I think it's sort of 50-50. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this uh, they always go back to this shot of the visor and they're playing a kind of a zoom out. Uh, so there's lots of nice little cheap uh, cuts in this, uh, in this film because it was really... Uh, it was done both on a budget and then the release was shifted by four months. Uh, Ivan Reitman apparently rang up and said, uh, you know, this film was coming out in October. Tell your animators it's coming out in August. And so hmm. this is why it looks the way it looks. <laughs> that does explain quite a lot of sequences. He looks like Dwight. Mm. From, oh, uh, Rain uh, Wilson. He does. <laughs> <laughs> oh my He's... gosh, what is going on with this girl? As she gambles down the stairs Wait, to uh, greet her father. Does she have tits? I think she's a bit... Um, I think she's on the other side of um, womanhood. Is that the, the sonar <laughs> okay. effect? That's the looking for <laughs> When there tits. are no tits to be found. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. So, yeah, he, so uh, he just brought he's... his daughter what home. Happened? <laughs> a wonderful glowing jewel. Ah, her face. <laughs> oh my god! I was actually clarifying. Laura's never seen this. I haven't yeah. seen this since over half my lifetime ago. So oh. there's going to be some surprises. How I think, old is she? She has Holy aged a lot crap. since she saw her father melt. I think that yeah. kind of thing will put some years on you. She looks like Reagan in The Exorcist, but like the bit where she's turned into the demon. You know how she becomes quite masculine in the face? Yes, with the demon face. Is it just the colour green that does that? <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why it's not a popular foundation shade. It actually is. So yeah, the, uh, the ball the, is not the telling down. this horrified young lady why he just melted her dad, and it's basically because he's a dick. Oh, wait, one, is mm-hmm. the glowing... We haven't got the sound on, so is the glowing ball talking? Talking, yeah. Yeah, that was... Okay. Um, we've got the subtitles on. Um, Do we? Oh, I didn't know. There hasn't been a lot of dialogue so far. Ah, okay, yes, we do. Jesus' teeth. So right off the bat, I mean, we're in the sort of first segment of the story. I can already see why boys would like this. I don't know why, but... Because a big digger. Yes! (laughs) Every kid... (laughs) Digging up some dirt. Every young boy I've ever come across loves diggers. I don't know what it is. Well, it's it's like ponies. But for little boys, you know, that's really the thing is. that you, you buy little boys as a toy, as a digger. <laughs> but not anymore. Every, all toys are gender neutral. Oh, yeah, you can buy diggers for what everyone. What is that? It's the same uh, green orb. No, I mean uh, the person. Oh, right. Um, I don't know. They didn't go in, in depth, did they? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Of, I think sometimes we have to kind of assume eh, it's a creature. And when they're just not going to be told. Mm. Okay. So we've established that melting people is, like, the ball's thing right? at this point. So I just won't question things I only see once. If it happens more than once, I'll question it. 
Yeah. Okay. I think um, <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of the, the, the way to go. Because the voice's you... entire film is just going to be my, aha, tits, wait, on it. You can question whatever you like, uh, Laura, but oh, don't expect answers. I missed the tits, I'm sorry. Uh, it's alright, there'll be some soon. We He's saw not those long to tits wait. in real life. Did we? Yeah, tits um, really it's need a skating rink tits. in Manhattan. Oh! Really, really famous location that's name I can't forget. Um, I can't remember. The ice skatey bit from all the films. Ah. Yeah. Oh, we're in New York. Yeah, future New York. New York in York. the year 2031. <laughs> 11 years of the future. Ooh. Oh, it must be so sad to look back at all the films that show, like, what what was Metropolis? Like, what era, like, what date was that meant to be? Well, it depends on what version, I guess, of the, of the, what movies or show you're watching. I, I think meant, it just. I said Metropolis. Yeah. Fritz film Metro- Yeah. Oh, the film. I thought you meant in Superman. No. Um, Never assume I mean Superman because I don't think about Superman. Going forward, I will take that on board. Oh God, what's happening now? Oh so my God! This taxi driver's got his own little portable orb. I don't think it's quite of the same variety as the green one, but it does have the same overall effect. Uh, you just uh, it's nearly a taxi got mugged. Driver now. Yeah, it's like a, it's it's taxi driver with a, a sci-fi twist. It's taxi driver meets Fifth Element. Yeah, there's a That's lot of that coming up. Why? Yeah. Did, why did bubbles come off that window when he smashed it? Because it's the future. Are they underwater? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's been submerged. No, um, oh my gosh, it's very crumb-esque, isn't it? The line work, yeah, and the kind of detail, the kind of globular, jowly detail. Okay, so woman in peril <laughs> with regular. <laughs> they're not quite uh, out, but they're. As near as damn it. Do we um, see yeah, nipples? It, yeah, oh, yeah you see quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Laura. Oh. <laughs> Why is her head so much smaller than her boobs? It, well, that will change from shot to shot. <laughs> You'll find throughout the film. Uh, the proportions and um, characters being on model, not a huge concern with this movie. Okay. Oops, wow. Falling asleep. Oh, God. This is. This is more than I was expecting. She hasn't. She's still wearing her clothes at this point. Oh, okay, that's a thing. I like how they just gave up on his stubble and was just like, "Eh, smudgy face, that will do." Mm. <laughs> nice, a nice facial gradient. Oh, hello. I can use all of the things now. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fun to press buttons, really. Yeah, that's really all I'm doing. It's like a sort of uh, prototype oh. kiff. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Uh, so people, um, I mean, you're, you're either watching along or you're not, but basically it's about a taxi driver. <laughs> or you're not. <laughs> who's uh, been, um, he's decided to take care of a woman who's passed out in the back of his taxi cab. But the police aren't being helpful because F the pigs, man. Oh, what um, did his head... Oh, okay. I was confused. I thought his head fell off. Now, um, what reward do you think will be given to this guy for uh, offering his charity? Is it sex? Well, you went out on a limb, but I think you'll find <laughs> that that's exactly what's going to pan out. Who's the other... Um... 
artist, like the drawn and quarterly artist that does a lot of stuff about prostitutes. The comic book artist. I forgot his name. Oh, um, 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 um yeah, I like him. Well, I don't know him. But, but the, the, I like his, his The quality of comic. the line work kind of reminds me of that a bit. Yeah, he oh. did um, Mary Wept at the Feet of Jesus. Yeah. Ew. It'll come to me. Ew, what the hell is that? Sandwich. What the hell is he pouring on it? Mayo. That's about the amount of mayo but you put on a the, sandwich, isn't it? It had the viscal texture of, like, cheese. Ooh, that's it's good really mayo. thick mayo. That's been out in the sun. <laughs> that's the most disturbing thing I've seen so far well you're in for a long ride (laughs) oh why did I vote for this (laughs) is it it better than Anomalisa so far okay we should have picked Anomalisa (laughs) actually now I see what you mean this is a very good companion piece well yeah I mean Anomalisa and this they're both adult and they both have animated sex but they do treat sex as a subject slightly differently like anomalies are, i think kind of captures the ludicrous awkwardness of uh, ill-advised sex and as we're seeing now Whoa. this film captures can we get the klaxon ready oh you missed the bush uh, you were looking well, down well, at your no, eye i saw it <laughs> <laughs> Kids watching this film going, what the hell was on a crotch? See, back in the day, young <laughs> ladies and young gentlemen, women were very astute, and animators didn't quite know how to draw the shape of pubic hair because they'd probably never seen a real naked woman. I'm very uncomfortable with this. <laughs> Look at the six-pack she had going on. I'd have to say there was that one shot just then. It was kind of like that sex scene from The Room because he was way too high up on her. Like he would have been fucking a navel. Hmm. <laughs> Again, maybe <laughs> down to an absence of reference material when it came to the artists behind this. I'm not going to cast aspersions on these people. I'm sure they led very rich sexual lives. It's yeah, none of my damn wanna, business. They, they don't want to ruin it for the kids watching this who think that that's how it's <laughs> <laughs> that's how we how it operates. So, who framed Roger Rabbit left stuff to your imagination. Yeah, just about. <laughs> I really wish we were watching Anomalisa. Well, you're committed to this. We've got a good hour hour and 20 minutes left of it, I'm sure. I'm unhappy. <laughs> Don't be. Just uh, let it wash over what you. What is he? Ugh. What did you think this film was going to be like? Space. Sci-fi. Stupid women well, running around going, oh my god. Well, that's sort of it. But this is not what's happening now. Maybe you'll like the next story better. Yeah. Maybe this one's too, like, down and dirty. Yeah, I don't like it. You know, it, it taps too much into... I don't like how detailed this dude's face is, yet also not remotely detailed. Well, later on in the scene, like with all the characters, they get introduced and they're very detailed, and then as they go on, the detail gets less and less. I mean, it, it is, it's restricted by... You can tell which bits they could be bothered with. And which bits were, were after they got a phone call from the producer saying, Ugh. "Come on, guys, you've got you've only got until uh, August now." Why did he just throw the hot dog out? He just bought that. So, well, you just bite the, buy the hot dog for the first bite in uh, Manhattan in the year twenty thirty one. Why? Because of the economy. I don't know. 
Because you, it's impossible to animate somebody eating a whole hot dog. They didn't he have the budget it for it. So, <laughs> exactly. He ate it so disgustingly as well. Just instantly salivated out of the side of his face. Now, here's a question you're not asking. What the hell does this have to do with the glowing green orb? I don't care about the green orb. See, that's good because as a linking <laughs> device, it's so tenuous. Like... So many of these stories, like, and then the green orb came, <laughs> like, right at the end, or, like, for no yeah. particular reason. Like, just let it be a collection of short stories. It doesn't have to be linked. Um, people making films 40 years ago. <laughs> Take that. This is, so this is set in 2031. I didn't get that. Uh, so- I, I think it's set on a newspaper. Yeah. So Metropolis was, I've got it here, 2030. So this is the year after Metropolis. So things go downhill stylistically and uh, morally. We have a lot of stuff to get building before 2030, if Mm. this is what we're expecting to do. We don't have a tube system. Did you see how wacky the traffic lights? Oh, here's the green orb. Hey. We've got to completely redesign. Her face didn't move when her head moved. (laughs) She's very talented. What? She'd be a great ventriloquist. If her face was also her dummy. Well, look how doe-eyed she is. She looks like it's where the drawing of the face is like how you would draw like a a very young character. Where the hell are her eyebrows? We've evolved out of eyebrows. That I can believe. That I think is going to be true. Well, it's either going to go one way or the other. I'd also like to point out that as a woman with hair, her hair makes no sense as to how it's held in that position because she has like a little belly button almost at the top of her hair that's hooking everything together, but that's not how hair works. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, the hair in general does seem to pulsate. It's, it only works on one angle, and for her it's on at the front. Hmm. Any other angle you look at it makes no sense. This does have the overall kind of quality and consistency of, like, the miasma of 80s animated series that would follow in the decade that came after, where the characters were sort of, they sort of had a look to them, but they really, the (laughs) proportions really would fluctuate from shot to shot. He's going to melt there. See, that's what you get when you buy a green orb and you haven't done your research. Why Why did he want the green orb? Because um, people like, Cause maybe I'm getting it. this wrong, it's been a while. People want the green orb because it looks like a big jewel or it looks fancy, but it's evil. Does it work on the the male idea of, I want it because he has it? Uh, Probably. Yeah. Or I want what it because it's doing? shiny. Okay. Ah, shit, it's a double cross. Uh, oh, you <laughs> stupid son of a bitch. But she does, he doesn't even have the orb anymore. Is that how it goes? No, they, they sold the orb for 300 grand. Oh, ah. Uh. Oh. Where and he it? used his Wait, special portable minute. melting ray. What the hell ray. happened? Why did her clothes <laughs> just disappear? Well, in the heavy metal land, if you're a guy and <laughs> you get melted by the taxi ray, you just die. But if you're a girl, it melts your clothes first. One last shot of nipple. Why? Before. Did any women make this film? 
Good question. Steve? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> when any, like at any point, because this was the 80s. I think some women do the voices. Because <laughs> this was the yeah. 80s, so you'd think one woman would have been like, uh, guys, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. See, I think fundamentally why this isn't a film that I kind of carried with me close to my bosom, pardon the pun. <laughs> She's back. But we're back to scared <laughs> girl in the house. Uh, her, what is going on with her? I do like her a lot. <laughs> this is a very kind of this is a completely different studio presumably animating this sequence. I want her on a shirt. Cuz it's actually not bad animation in terms of the draftsmanship but the pacing is completely off. Yeah. Um Anyway, so that was the end of that story. Here's the second story in our anthology of terror. Occasionally the orb reminds me of the like the green uh, flasks they have in the BFG, like the original 2D BFG. Mm. Mm. There must have been some sort of crossover of technology of like, look what we figured out we can do. Oh, if it's green and it's glowing, all bets are off. Yeah, basically I think the technology is shining a torch on some paper. Uh. <laughs> I think that's literally <laughs> what, it, what it was. Oh. Eh. Eh. Oh. Nothing. Ben, did you do this? Oh man, if I had done this, you'd know <laughs> it. I mean, that lightning does not land at all. It was the Ben before us. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a psychedelic wonderland, isn't it? It's, uh... So this, if memory says, was John Candy. Yeah. Where is the light coming from on him? Yeah, he's very... Um, he's like side-lit. Perpetually lit. He's lit from behind in a kind of wrap-away... Way, no matter which angle he's he's at. Yeah, like as he's spinning through space. Like he's still look now. Like what? Where's the light source? It's it's like it's multiple light sources. It's coming from both directions. It's coming from both directions and behind, but not in front or all around, which it clearly is. Yeah. So. Now I don't know if you noticed, but very briefly, we saw some male genitalia. Oh, did we? Uh, I think seven frames worth. Now, <laughs> Not that you before counted. people start switching this off, don't worry, that's the end of that. <laughs> does, he, does he get a klaxon? Uh, I think maybe the bell. There you go. That, that's <laughs> but that, don't worry, we're well, going to be compensated with oh, boobs. We can have yeah. the bell for dongs. Well, that was the only one, I think. I don't Aww. think we, we see his lovely penis again. Oh. It's a dreadful shame. <laughs> you could just sort of tell, like the pe the people coming up with this film was like, okay, let's if we have to have a, a naked man, let's cover him up as soon as possible because yeah. we don't want to be smutty. That was the one. <laughs> Meanwhile, writhing. That was the lady one in girl involved. Was like, we have to have at least one penis. Everything <laughs> in this woman's covered up except the tits. Come on, guys. <laughs> Is this meant to be the kid that was in the room? Yes, he's yeah. become the rock. Ah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is based, based on one of the uh, the popular comics, wasn't it? From uh, from heavy metal, it's Den, isn't it? Um, this big sort of naked hero man um, with uh, John Candy's voice. <laughs> That's um, the perfect pairing. Yeah, I didn't actually ever really read the comics. I remember seeing them um, when we would go to, like, thrift markets in Old Montreal uh, alongside dusty boxes of Playboy magazine. 
Um, and I would kind of leaf through them and be sort of look at oh, just her tits have petals. Yeah, why are her, <laughs> yeah. her areolas flowers? Because it's they're like they're like sort wonderland. of yeah, like hippie sort of flower things. I think um, what might explain it is the director's. Uh, I think it's Jack Stokes who uh, directed uh, most of the Beatles stuff, including uh, Magical Mystery Tour. Did the animation in that, and those are the same petals that are on the side of the bus. Ah, so, yeah. crossover. <laughs> well, <laughs> all you need is love. What are you saying? Beatles references. Oh, I see. <laughs> Trust me, it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I appreciated it, Ben. You can keep them coming, oh, that's great. areolas have changed again now, now they're round. Yeah, oh, John Candy's oh. going in for the kill. Hello. <laughs> Why is she wearing a piece of string? Oh, no, no matter. Like, look how she's covering herself up now as if to go, oh, no, people. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this happening? Because <laughs> uh. the people decided. Oh, she's covering her, her chest up, but not the nipples. But she just covered up the <laughs> underboob, but kept the nipples visible. Like, oh no, my modesty. They just made her look to the like right, but they didn't move her pupils, so she was just completely boss-eyed, like a terrier. <laughs> For like a frame, it was very odd. So who are these guys? Um, they're grunky snouxes or you know, something interchangeable sci-fi beast <laughs> term. They're horned squazzle grunkles. This kind of reminds me of like the really old. Uh, oh, I like this guy. Two D, two D version of um, the Lion Witch and the Wardrobe. Do you I remember that? Uh, I don't think I saw that one. No. No. Oh, okay. Maybe that that would be another weird one. <laughs> Very pudenda esque. Uh, fan being waved hither and yon. So yeah, what's this guy's deal? Is this the sort of um, archetypical effete man? That, uh... <laughs> Did he just like shield his crotch from the sword? <laughs> it's the only th- bit of you covered, mate. <laughs> yeah. It- I don't think I don't think it's much of a deal. I think this you know this uh, Den character is based on a on the uh, on one of the more popular ones, and it was yeah it was well known as the um, because of basically exactly what you're watching. I think in in the actual comic there was a lot more penis, uh, but it was art- done artistically. Uh, mm-hmm. So so I've been told. Well lit. <laughs> yes. From every angle and behind. Mm. <laughs> okay. Hello. So now it's um Was that the lady he was with earlier? Presumably. Ah. Uh, is she a The model sheet now? might have changed. <laughs> We'd have to identify by nipples instead of dental records. It's But the nipples keep changing. <laughs> How could we possibly keep up? Why is this guy kind of naked? Oh, you gotta throw in something like for the just ladies. be naked or don't. What are you doing? In this film in this film he's kinda clothed. That's how it works. <laughs> This all just looks like they're in some sort of weird sex club. <laughs> oh, hello. Fancy boy. Ugh. Mm. No. I don't like the feet. They look mm-hmm. like holes. Oh, the footsteps? Yeah. Oh, is that the... Um, uh, there's a name for it where people don't like looking at things like that. Yeah. The holophobia. Yeah, that's there you go. I'll Google it one minute. 
So, um, so something he has to. <laughs> I, I forgive me, but I lost track of the plot. So uh, yeah, something's happening. That's all we need to know. I, I was just laughing there because they've gone into a, a cave and we've we've not seen boobs in like literally a minute, and so th- there was a carving on the wall of of boobs. So yeah, trypophobia is the fear of holes. But annoyingly, if you Google it, it then brings up fucking holes. <laughs> I gag, I gag. You never used to be afraid of holes until we started saying it was a phobia. No, it was because of that Sir Frank video with the frog and the holes and its back and it's full of stop maybe, fiddling. Maybe you're just afraid of frogs. No, it it was it's it was that and there was like a thing like a picture online of like where you could see the paws in someone's hands. And right. it made me feel sick. Okay. Well we will um Ugh. try and avoid those triggers. <laughs> moving forward. So we won't be watching uh, FRO7, Freddy the Frog. Mm-mm. This guy's eyebrows are so full on. They're like not attached to his head anymore. <laughs> what? What is the lighting in this? <laughs> Why are they two colours now? Uh-oh. Look what he's found. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Great orb. Loch Nah. Oh. He's behind every corner. <laughs> Get out the klaxon. No, that one I think. I like the fact that she was just like, heh, <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yay! I like how she was just waiting for some. Like, how long was she standing there? Just waiting for someone to come into her chamber with her the lights out, off, like to reach out and grab her tits and geez. then turn the lights and going, ah, I got you. <laughs> But that's I, shuffling from left to right, just in case. <laughs> just like. What is with this really squishy door handle? <laughs> so uh, he's in a pickle, but he has his one chance to get out of it by satisfying her sexually. Why is the colour changed completely? Laurie being distracted by... Whoa! Um, her boobs are a completely different colour than they were a minute ago. I noticed that you've put your phone away. If and- anything, it needs to be out more. Well, I mean, you need to have the klaxon ready at all times. We've missed, like, two sets of... I think that was a good uh, choice. I thought the phone had run out of batteries because of pressing I feel like it's belittling the art form. The rising moon climaxes our love, Den. Uh. Is Den that sexy a name? Den. It's like... <laughs> It's like they were like, I want it to be like Dan, but a bit special. (laughs) Not a lot. Your strength could bring great peace to all the troubled people (laughs) in this land. Okay, now her nipples have changed (laughs) colour. They changed colour three times. Oh, it it changed three times in that series of shots just then. It went from like flesh coloured to pink to brown. Oh, she's mad. Is Den short for Dennis? Because <laughs> this makes it really much, much better oh. if it's the incredible adventures of Dennis. The sexual dynamism of Dennis. Nothing says Lothario. Like Dennis. Da, 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 da. It's Dennis. Cha, cha, cha. What is that he's riding? It's like a cat it's horse. A, it's a muling... It's a lion horse. Flunkle grunkle. What is the background doing? It's like like a fancy book. 
I, if I could, if I, I should have taken account the amount of times you've said what and why, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is wonderful. Well, great art raises questions. <laughs> I'm really, certainly does. I'm really glad I didn't see this before watching it. What is going on with the angle of this, and why is her butt out? And <laughs> her what? butt's out because the cooling evening I feel winds like, feel nice on her butt. I feel like if you're riding a beetle naked you should do it like the old-fashioned lady way like a stride <laughs> <laughs> like side side butt what muscle. side saddle yeah okay rather than like straddling it she's really um oh hello where did he come from i thought he was <laughs> off on the weird lion horse thing well he came back when <laughs> just now <laughs> oh she's here too Angry boss lady. Is, are they siblings? Uh, Steve. <laughs> I mean, you're asking the you're asking the wrong person the wrong questions. I'm just trying to get over the fact that I mean, she's called Catherine and he's called Dennis. I mean, that this isn't this is this is like my they're my parents' neighbours. I think so. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, now something something is happening. That's that's as far as I know. That Frothy looks. Waters. The water looks like a doodle you do whilst you're on the phone. <laughs> oh. oh, there's a plan. I don't get it, but it's happening. Throwing a thing. Naked people versus naked people. Why are they all naked? Why was that a thing? Why did everyone have to be naked? Maybe it's a temperature. Maybe it's it looks really quite, a, quite a humid planet, doesn't it? He yeah. kind of now looks like a giant muscular baby. <laughs> <laughs> Look at his giant muscular baby head. These guys, they just did not give a fuck about, did they? They were just like, ah, face. <laughs> That'll be fine. <laughs> Look at the look at the bug's mouth. <laughs> it's so unimpressed. Like, Meh, okay. <laughs> So, John Candy saved the day. Dennis saved the day. But with the power of John Candy within him. And Lochnar. On Earth I'm nobody, but here I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> here you're nobody I'd either. i pick Earth, mate. Yeah. Is it Dennis on Earth and Den in space? Steve, <laughs> um, my goodness! I mean, these are the questions. I mean, I mean, my research didn't take me down this particular rabbit hole. That is a terrible rocket. There's no middle bit. <laughs> I well, think in, in yeah, is um, oh. engineering. Oh, oh. oh the the Lochnar's on a jaunt. Oh, is that what? <laughs> oh, someone failed their bouncing ball test in animation school. Jesus, what even happened just then? <laughs> it didn't bounce like an actual oh, ball. That's now for sure. it's a gobstopper. F. Oh, why isn't he dead now? Oh my gosh, hello! And we have <laughs> landed in an entirely different type of cartoon. <laughs> Everyone has a chin. We're now in a kind of... Um... This wow. is the guy from uh, American Dad, isn't it? <laughs> they all look like Banana Man. <laughs> hello. Oh, he was born without a chin. He's the freak of this world. Regan Stern. This is... Um... Oh. Uh, Eugene Levy, isn't it? The what now? Eugene Levy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, it's my favourite thing when the shine of glasses replace the pupil in eyes in cartoons. It always really confuses me for a good 20 minutes because I'm like, what am I seeing here? Is this shine or pupils? Do they have weird bug eyes? Oh, God, they just went to town on that guy, didn't they? Like, what can we increase on his face? Nose and ears. Everyone is a caricature of no one. Oh, he just pled not guilty to the horror of this much more cartoony ensemble. <laughs> He's like Zach Brannigan. Mm. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> so this, this somehow will boring. tie into the ball. I assume. We'll see. We'll see. Who yeah. thought, you know what would be Hand really... Hand fist. Bit of a gentle wordplay to ease us down from the caustic sexual adventures. Who thought an interesting cartoon would be, let's watch a legal proceeding? <laughs> yeah, but it's a legal proceeding in space. Still boring. Some of the jury are aliens. Ooh, look at their snouts. But nobody <laughs> on the jury is. Do you think back in the day people in the cinema were like captivated by the wonder and the envelope pushing or were they watching it going even though it's 1981 this is a bit naff? I, I don't know it's difficult to tell isn't it it's you know it's like asking about did the Vikings know everything smelt of shit? <laughs> <laughs> the one thing about this one is the animation is a lot more consistent like the design is not great, but it is actually more consistently animated. I agree. I think that the design style definitely suits what limitations were on the animators. The more, like, and this is a stretch, but the more realistic um, the designs are, as ludicrous as that sounds, it is far, I think, it's, it's just a lot less easy to keep track of proportions. Whereas mm. there's a lot more margin for error when you have this very kind of cartoony, um, it's a very British feel to it, the design in this segment. Well, this is the only one I think so far that's not been British. <laughs> well, there you go. Shows, yeah. Shows but, what I, the fuck I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're all right to have holes in your knowledge for this particular film, Ben. Don't worry. Your credibility well, is going nowhere, this mate. Segment. Uh, this was directed by Julian Harris and Paul Sabella. Okay. There you go. Um, yeah, I think having this sort of change of style, it kind of, it's reminiscent of the comic, isn't it? You know, you pick up something like, I don't know, you pick up something like Viz and you get a different artist for every character. So it's it's okay that they're kind of swapping around and it's nice, it's nice and refreshing, isn't it? As refreshing as this can be. <laughs> well, I think that I, the overall kind of thing that I get from it is the same thing I get from stuff like Love, Death and Robots. Of uh, like, yeah. Oh, here's something that, you know, might have some kind of visual potential. Oh, here's something that might have some kind of story potential. And then quite quickly devolves into very generic sci-fi tropes and arbitrary reasons for ladies to be naked. Hmm. It's nice to know that in 40 years <laughs> we've come so far. This one kind of reminds me of Space Jam. How so? Because of the... Because it's in space. Yeah. All right. <laughs> no, because of the weird, like, growing angry man. 
Ah. It reminds me of like the little alien guys. The monsters. Monsters. That should be another one. That would be a good uh, film club film. So this is something where I think we may have encountered the first of what I can only assume are a very small handful of plot holes or plot inconsistencies. So in this one, the green ball appeared, but instead of killing someone or making them evil, it made a guy who was going to testify against a bad person... um, or testify for on the defense of a bad person, testify against them. Which yeah. isn't, isn't that against the MO of the green ball? Aren't you meant to be more evil if the green ball is about? Maybe the green think, ball is yeah. just about chaos. Well, it has turned him into a kind of. I don't think that's Hulk. how metal works. <laughs> maybe it's not. It ca- um, he came out of that metal hole like flesh. Maybe it's a kind of flesh metal hybrid that they use to build spaceships. Why has even this weird ball got gain on his arms? What's going on? The what on his arm? He's got, like, muscle. Uh, because he works out. What is, why is he wearing, like, shirt cuffs? Because he wants to be a fancy hovering ball. What he respects he? himself, Laura. Yeah. What is he? Is <laughs> He's he, on his way to a ball. Is he a music note or is he sperm? Well, there's a question. Like, what is that? I don't... <laughs> He's like a doodle crank. He's a big robot music note sperm. Why is that offers handy assistance. in this? Ooh, 35,000 Zulex. Let's watch him count out one by one, shall we? Do you think there'll be another double cross? Hmm. But how, then? Maybe the ball will be involved somehow. <laughs> Time will tell. He kind of reminds me of the Oh, storm. no. <laughs> Secret escape hatch. Do his, does he explode Tra- in space? Trap door, rather. Explode. I like how he fell into space. Why won't That's he... how space works. Why hasn't he exploded yet? Oh, there we go. I think the um, one of the telling things about this, um, the, the, the how contrived the ball is as a kind of linking device is the fact that it was originally going to be the little girl that we that we keep going back to was going to be on a merry-go-round and the merry-go-round each animal was going to kind of take her on a journey into this sort of weird each weird world but they kind of went with a evil glowing ball instead so that's why i think narratively it's a little bit skewiff yeah I mean, the merry-go-round idea does sound shit, too. <laughs> In defense of the glowing ball. So, I don't know what you to do. <laughs> I'm not saying it was the difference between a masterpiece and <laughs> what we've been delivered. <laughs> it looks like we've entered a more uh, somber chapter mm. of, um, of heavy metal. Um, I thought there was like a, a Second World War fighter plane in space hmm. is that not what's happening um is it in space or is it just night uh i think it's just night oh, okay. i think that in space was a doctor who episode but you knew that already ben uh clearly <laughs> um well we have encountered a uh perilous uh side effect of doing this quasi live 
and that I have to take my first ever Squiggly Podcast bathroom break. Uh, Laura, if you take the reins, I will be back presently. Oh, wow. I mean, I've got myself a bucket. I mean, that's <laughs> that's how I handle things. I think uh, I think Ben's doing things completely the wrong way. He's not a professional like me. No, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this I think he's just... I think he's just gone, Laura. Yeah, I think he's, this is he, it. He's, he's just, this is the boring one. I I gather. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's. I wouldn't say it's boring. It's one of the more kind of uh, famous ones. Famous ones, I think. Uh, Ben's going to be surprised when he gets back. This is yet another one where the lighting makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. Don't go. Don't keep looking out for that because uh, you won't find what you're looking for. I just want some sort of consistency to any element of the show. Just uh, anything at all. I'm just grasping. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, what is with the scale? Yeah. It's like that bit in Willy Wonka where they're going down the corridor. <laughs> and, the, and the corridor's getting smaller, but they're not. <laughs> I think it's because it's at the rear of the plane. I think it's legitimately going down. Ah. <laughs> Plane. that makes more sense but, yeah. but then why is it big when they get in there that question i can't answer <laughs> is this meant to be like a play on like the idea of uh airplane gremlins yes ah okay yeah 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 that makes sense although we although you know wait are there more than one green ball I think no. I think this is the same one. This is the same green ball. Why were there three different green lights on the plane? Because uh, the ball was lighting up the entire plane. I think. But only I in mean, three o- specific only, spots. Yeah, only from the outside. On the inside, it was. Yeah, you mean. Ah. Yeah, and Ben's got got back for the best bit. If indeed that is Ben. He's almost here. He's almost there. Oop. And he's back. Welcome back, Ben. Oh, here. Uh. We have. We, we don't know what to talk about without you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's keep. Let's get Ben up to up to speed. Then, uh, basically, the the glowing ball went into the plane and lit up the plane from three areas. Um, and now everyone's a zombie. Ah, damn. Yeah. It's to what do a with day. Gremlins. That's that's what I got. Robin? It's to do with gremlins. Ah, gremlins. Like the old timey gremlins. What is this thing? Oh, okay. Nope. Well, I will say this does overall achieve the sort of adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty cool zombie, to be fair. <laughs> These do all generally feel like comics. Yeah. Like, you could take stills from all of the scenes and make them into a comic book. I'm yeah, sure some absolutely. clever merchandising person came up with that back in the day. Um, <laughs> although I guess most of them were probably originally comics anyway. Um, but it definitely retains that sensibility. But whether or not that necessarily means the stories are that good in film form I suppose it sort of varies 
It's kind of the same as with comic books. Not every comic book is amazing or worth the paper it was printed on. No. So. So I think that's the the spirit of a true anthology is you've got to put a couple of shit ones in too. To make the others look good. <laughs> yeah, bit of padding. In term, I mean, as an anthology, and there's plenty of anthologies we could really be watching. I mean, like you said, Love, Death and Robots, really done in the spirit of this. But mm. things like... Um, the uh, Lies autobiography as well. Um, kind of. I mean, that was sort of better. <laughs> <laughs> that had some good moments in it. That had some not very good moments in general. But I, th- I thought that the, at least as far as how what linked each segment together, it was all adapted from one source, mm. uh, which was a kind of purposefully. Uh, misleading and fictionalized um, quasi-autobiography. And I think that sort of tied together perhaps a bit more effectively than if they had all been completely separate stories and then the idea was to kind of link them together after the fact. But I think as like chapters in one man's life, even though they're sort of largely fictionalized accounts, um, I thought it sort of succeeded a bit better. Mm. Um but I'm trying to think of like other sort of anthology type films that work. I quite liked ABCs of Death. That was mostly live action, but as a kind of they, they don't really put a lot of um, weight into the linking device. It's like it the linking device is the alphabet, it's like Sesame Street, but with you know a lot of mm. dead people. <laughs> um, uh, except in Germany where they had to ban two of the films so they couldn't use the alphabet as a linking device and they just said, it's a bunch of scary stories. What was the <laughs> one that we watched that was like a collection of horror films, anthology? Um, oh, it was on Amazon. I forget what it was called. It was actually sort of surprisingly good, but I think that that was literally just like a series of short films. I'm not sure if it was put together as... Like a movie. I should know this because I'm talking about it next week, won't it? Keep talking, I'll okay. find it. Oh, we're in a new film. <laughs> I lost track of the actual film we're watching. We're in a new story. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this one's directed by John Hallis, of Hallis and Bachelor fame. Ah, yeah, that's why it's better. Uh, <laughs> was it Fears of the Dark? The anthology. This one. Ah, oh, the black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be a good one to talk about because that, mm. this that's a very similar to this because they're all comic book artists. Right. Oh, okay. I was thinking of a different one. Oh, okay. But um, was still a good shout. Mm. That would have made more sense with this one. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Do you think wait, the wait, um? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Do you think the the lady with the heaving Fucking bosoms? Hell, what's his deal? Okay, <laughs> Hallis and Bachelor, Jesus. That was a very frenetic, rapey moment. Yeah. <laughs> the guy in the Pentagon I just lunged across Farm the table. Um, Hello. And it was this like sexual assault struggle on ones, which was quite distressing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not what you'd expect Whoa. from a White House official. Or a Pentagon official. Well, maybe. <laughs> There's a maybe lot not of punch shots, isn't there, upskirting in this film? Oh, that's just what happened back in the day, you know. <laughs> it's Mickey Mouse. 
So I think it's, it's John Candy again, this time as a robot. And um, because it's John Candy, the sexiest man of the 80s <laughs> comedy scene, uh, he is going to get up to some sexual hijinks pretty soon. I bet John Candy got the job done. Yeah. <laughs> Look at my clothes. The big lads, they were always enthusiastic. <laughs> So yeah, this is this is a very eighties TV show looking segment. She looks. This like looks like it should have a toy line for it. She looks. Yeah. Like is the green alien Egon? <laughs> um, if the green alien is called Zeke or Zeki, Zeki. Her waist is mental. <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah. She's quite. Uh, that's a nice background. She's quite lanky. She looks like the woman from um, A Fish Called Wanda. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, but like, no, but in that film. Right. Was she particularly long in that film? She's always quite long. She's, yeah, quite, she's, she's quite a tall long. lass, but... Yeah. But I mean, the character looks like her. I see the hair, and so... Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bubblegum Rocket. No this bit's particularly um, a little bit sort of stoner humour. Um, oh, the whole thing is obviously, but uh, a little bit more explicit on that. Mm. Well, there's, we, we've had our share of the sex jokes. We need a bit of weed joke. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's definitely Egon. The purple one sounds a bit like Bill Murray as well. I'm not sure if it is. Ah, it's not weed humour, I, I apologise. It's coke humour. Yeah. There's <laughs> the, uh... And my presumptions <laughs> of what was edgy in the 80s. And the, the Kirby-looking spaceship as well. Um... I have a question. What's happening? <laughs> well, I mean, if if you don't know what's happening, Ben, then you're not paying attention. I think you know that's uh, uh, yeah. You're not giving this 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 masterpiece what it's. I mean, I've no idea. I'm padding. I've, uh, <laughs> I'm just praying for the next that segment. Question. <laughs> just accept it for the wild ride it is. Yeah. I feel like this film should have been seen in a planetarium. Yeah. Well, it would definitely be... I think the experience would be improved by watching it on a big screen would under it? a certain kind of influence. Yes. But not that much improved. <laughs> like, mm. a little bit improved. Um, oh, oh here we go. Well, get your app ready. Why are her nipples so pointy? I have to say, you've been very late on the draw with the, the boobs app. Thank you. <laughs> I, mean, I thought I'd be able to make sure that I we thought... were in time, but. <laughs> so I guess she fucked the robot. How? No, wait, I don't want to know. Well, if, if you look on the on the side there. Oh, he's got a <laughs> He's got a spanner. 
<laughs> Ooh, and, a, and a screwdriver. And a hand that comes off. Analog. He's not a monster. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to get a rash. What the hell is that thing? It's a big pulsating <laughs> conical... Tit machine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how they powered spaceships. <laughs> that is a terrible bra. That bra is held up by spaghetti. <laughs> She I would do have feel like such bad back problems. That's what I was sort of thinking. Like you just look at this and think, oh. why is she even wearing a bra? What's the point? And also, what the hell is clink making her shirt cling to her in that way? What is that shirt made of? I'm starting to think none of this happened. They really couldn't do, <laughs> do clothes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it is like it's the lankiness of the design makes it so bizarrely like a. Like they've none of them have been appealing designs. She's like a giraffe woman. And I, I I'm not gonna you know I'm not shitting on Hazel's and Bachelor. I think they you know obviously accomplished great work, but um, under the direction of uh, you know whoever was at the helm of this film, I think the criteria for what makes an attractive woman or a sensual woman um, is a little bit off. Maybe it's just how how it fashion what, changes what, it's over. It's what years. was sexy in the eighties. But it was like different body types. It was massive boobs and sunbush. Well, later on, the sort of iconic sequence in this film I assume iconic, it's the the image on the poster is the uh, scantily clad lady riding, Yeah, but riding a kind of um dragony thingy, what's it? Um, yeah, that image is, I think, quite iconic if the segment is or isn't. Um, but that uh, was, I think, quite heavily rotoscoped. Yes. And that's a sort of great example. Earlier uh, today, when you sent over the film, um, and you sent over the work-in-progress version as well. Yeah, I yeah. I had a look at that, and um, like I kind of skimmed through it, and I did see that there was like quite a bit of live-action footage awaiting the animation mm-hmm. um and i is that on like a dvd or a blu-ray that version of the film yeah it's on it's on uh the dvd now did you see the was was it just the film of the the woman getting ready to use for to be rotoscopes or was it did it have the actual finished animation overlaid on top of it uh the bit i saw was it was kind of cutting between like storyboards and thumbnail boards and rough animation and just footage of a woman. Yeah. So, but I remember the scene more or yeah, less. Yeah, it's coming up. It's the next one. It's uh, Tana. It's 2A, so it could be Tana. I don't know. Um, uh, how everyone pronounces Barnsley when I say I'm from Barnsley. They can't They can't resist turning around and going, Barnsley. I, said, I didn't say that. I said Barnsley. Um Anyway, sorry, that's just a personal gripe. Bounds yeah, but <laughs> it never would have occurred to me to do that. But now, no, I, now, no. now I will always introduce you. This is Steve from Barnsley. I like the oh colour. Goodness, <laughs> I like the greens and the oranges. <laughs> well, well, I the, like uh... what the hell was that shadow about? There was just a shadow on the sky of the clouds on the floor, but just floating. Well, that, huh? It was just floating above the ground. This is just an extra bit of texture for this already wonderful film. On this magical planet, light behaves 
differently. As it will. Shadows appear above the ground. Is the ball <laughs> in the volcano or behind it? Well, you know, this ball there lives by go. its own rules. Does change size quite a bit. Yeah. It's Almost like, like it's an afterthought. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm. They're all so getting a sludge. Is this the origin of the ball? Or is this just the ball up to a new bit of hijinks? It, it's up to a bit more shenanigans. Oh, what What is it like? Lucknar. Lucknar, you scoundrel. <laughs> Drowning people, what? melting them. But is it? giving me a headache. <laughs> I don't care for this particular bit of colour theory. What, green? I don't like the uh, the pea green against the sickly pink, pink and, and... Weirdly dense clouds. You're very sort of... Fl- you can tell this is sort of the same design sensibilities as that taxi driver segment. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's wrinkly. <laughs> <laughs> The clouds look like intestine. I remember there was, um, you know how like animated series, and this is still the case, I know it's the same with like Adventure Time and Rick and Morty and stuff, but like animated series would have comic book series produced alongside them. Mm. Mm. But the artistry would often be quite different to uh, how the TV show looked. Uh, so the Ren and Snippy comic artist had this very specific style that you never really saw in the show. And Beavis and Butthead had a comic that was a lot like this style. It was, I don't know who the artist, I forget who the artist was, but I remember it was very sort of hyper-detailed and a lot of kind of sort of dense line work, um, sort of like dashed lines to create an illusion of like knowing how to add detail to things. (laughs) And it just sort of made everything look like ribbed. Ribbed and um, mottly, yeah. <laughs> What's the the like the it's a kind of, like everything's sort of made out of that kind of mottled cardboard? Oh, right, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. corrugated. That's the one, and he would have like this sort of weird propensity to incorporate very uh realistic people in the background and stuff, and it made the whole comic feel very surreal mm. and. There were a lot of things Beavis and Butthead were, but that wasn't part of the show at all. Um, yeah. So this definitely, this is definitely, I think, something that sort of further cements the sort of comic sensibilities of this film. Because who would, no one designing for animation now would think, you know what, these characters need more fucking lines <laughs> yeah. to keep track like a of. Bit of a bit of cross hatching. <laughs> And I love, like, Regina Pessoa's work. Um, mm. But Lord have mercy. The degree of attention to detail that, you know, her approach requires. Um, yeah. I mean, we talked about it a little bit when we had her on about a year ago. Like, there has to be, like, this whole system in place for it. But when it's a feature-length film, or even these sort of semi-lengthy segments within a feature-length film... I know it just it it makes the animation look perhaps worse than it actually is because it adds so much of that extra like boil and inconsistency 
the not being able to keep track of all that level of detail. But also the way that it was produced as well, you've got to assume that this was all, you know, they wouldn't have been able to see if it was working until they got back with the rushes. Mm. So obviously it was all done by eye, basically. So any sort of cross-hatching that you're doing or any sort of additional detail that's moving around on screen, you've got to wait 24 hours or 12 hours or however long uh, it takes to develop this film to watch the next day uh, to see if the... Uh, cross-hatching or the extra detail has actually worked so uh, when uh, when Re- Regina does hers then obviously it's it, she's got um, I presume dragon frame or something like that so she can go backwards and forwards and check check the detail out not to say she's any less talented or skilled an artist she's in different circumstances really yeah I'm not sure if you need dragon frame for that but mm. anything with onion skinning um, yeah yeah but yeah, like the the degree of like extra labor that came with, you know, doing things pre-digitally. I, there was a speech I used to refer to quite a lot when I was feeling a bit low or a bit unmotivated. And it was a speech given by Ralph Bakshi. It was kind of impromptu. And, um, you know, it's interesting, actually. You would think that someone like Ralph Bakshi would have had a role in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, as yeah. far as I'm aware, he doesn't. No, no, it's very wizards, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but he, you know, he comes from the old school. Uh, he was making films independently before, you know, Flash or Toon Boom or anything that oh, makes. It was cool. Well, I mean, it, it's, it, he sort of helped it become not well. I'm not sure if "cool's" the word, but like cult, like appeal. You know, the stuff he was doing. Um, it seemed kind of edgy. I think at the time. There was an underground quality to it automatically. Um, wow, the line work is really going for it, isn't it now? Well, this is... So we've got this kind of... Um, what I assume is a live-action uh, vista, like a helicopter shot that's been drawn over. But you can tell that, like, the frames have been Xeroxed. And then it's, it, the whole thing's Xeroxed, yeah. So there's a bit in the there's a bit in the making of where they actually did make that set. So they they painted it all black, and then everything obviously everything you see in black is white, and everything you see is white uh, or transparent. It was black, um, but yeah. So the whole thing was actually it was filmed. Uh, same with the airplanes earlier on in the um, the bit where where you went to pay a visit, Benjamin. Uh, <laughs> same. Spend a penny. Spend a penny. Um, yeah, so the same uh, the same sort of process. Who the hell is this person coming in on the bloody pterodactyl, and why are they taking so fucking long? Well, because it's a, this a, is a big grand vista. entrance. Jesus <laughs> Christ! It better be the queen. I think it is the queen of heavy metal. Not not Queen Elizabeth the second. Is this the big entrance of our friend Tana? It is Tana. Tana from Bansley. <laughs> <laughs> it is when she is. opened her mouth. This is Barnsley yeah. accent comes out. It's me, Tad. <laughs> I've come to save the day. Does anyone here listen to Slayer? <laughs> there she is. Right on cue. Been waiting for that one. Okay, so this was definitely the um, rotoscope. the rotoscope live action sequence that I had watched before. Now, yeah. if you want to get a perfect poetic uh, portrait of the disparity between 
idealization of women by a bunch of horny male animators versus what women actually look like. Take the footage of the, the reference footage of the actress and put it up against the animation they came up with. And not to say she was a you know perfectly attractive young lady who was the live action actress filmed for these sequences, but you can pick pinpoint every element of the female form that's been ludicrously misproportioned to create this creature that is you know <laughs> in front of you, yeah. <laughs> um, they actually did that though in the making of. So I I, I took a look at the the making of footage and they did overlay the the film footage with the actual finished uh, animation of the sequence that we're seeing now and yeah basically only her knees and elbows remained uh, as uh, as they were <laughs> everything else was exaggerated the waist is tucked in the boobs are exploded the, everything is just lifted and shifted and uh, PVC on. <laughs> yeah oh I've got to put on my bra thing oh my choker it's such a sensual process oh, yeah, putting on these things what is the fucking point of this like how is this helping her in any way like what is this doing to <laughs> her struggle to fit all of her massive cleavage into the well i better put this second waist strap around me because that that's the bit the first one like didn't if quite they go the for mustard. my kidneys i'll be fine <laughs> but god forbid they go for any other part of my flesh I don't think it's a, a huge revelation that I'm a fan of the female form, or just the human form in general. Artistically, it's a, it's a, it can be a wonderful, wonderful thing. But there's also, again, this kind of goes to the point of like how we haven't progressed at all in forty years. Where is she floating <laughs> to? This you see the same kind of thing in Love, Death, and Robots, where like the ideal woman is this sort of blown up sex doll, gravity defying. Thing. The, yeah. the problem is though when you see this kind of person in real life they're terrifying it's like that Russian lady that makes herself look like a Barbie who's had like ribs removed and stuff oh yeah the people who actually like or it's people nightmarish who are, yeah I mean people who kind of conform to a, a you know a version of what they think womanhood is um, mm. well you know people if they want to get augmentation surgeries or do whatever they want for themselves if they want to make themselves look a bit perkier or if they want to make themselves look like a doll or a dolphin or whatever (laughs) it's all it's it's, it's their choice at the end of the day um but i it is yeah it's a curious sort of thing like that pterodactyl's butt is really weird if this is, have you got the sound on? This is the first time anyone's been paying attention to the pterodactyl. But have what you, have you actually, that? have you uh, actually got the sound on for the pterodactyl? Because it's so it. irritating. Oh yeah, yeah. It just goes around going. Rah! <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that's kind of what they did, wasn't it? Well, no one was there. I don't know. They might have. They might well, have. Kind uh, of they might have had a Barnsley it's like accent. A, it's like a dinosaur pigeon. <laughs> It sounds like a turtle having sex. It does. By the way, folks, YouTube that. <laughs> you will sleep tonight. <laughs> That's the funniest shit I've ever seen. Is the sounds fucking turtles make? I wasn't going to ask how you knew. I just, I, I kind of 
already knew how you knew. <laughs> I don't know how we got there, but I just remember we ended up there <laughs> one balmy summer's eve. Like, oh, we're watching Turtles fucking on YouTube. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's so, like... They spilled all the jam. All his insides are on the outside. That blood is so thick. That's not where they're meant to be. Jesus, her forehead. <laughs> What's her name? Tana. Tana. Tara. Tana. Tara. Tara can crack walnuts with her forehead, like between her <laughs> eyebrows. I think she can crack walnuts with a fair few parts of her body. <laughs> I have to say, like, the... The... <laughs> thing that she's riding the whole image of her on this winged beast it loses something in the actual film yeah. it does in the poster <laughs> i actually i i had this poster like on my wall when i was growing up for a long time i forget where i probably binned it oh well, it was gone now but i i think we got it from there was this video store in morin heights in canada that um loved us because we would keep them in business for a year every time we would visit because as much as we loved being in Canada there was fucking nothing to do so we would rent videos every day uh or my uncle would for my cousin mainly and they would give us free posters so I had like posters for movies I'd never see or never care to see and I had the heavy metal poster on my wall for years and years and years and then finally did watch it when I was about 14 or 15 Got up and then went to your room and took down the poster. I didn't care for it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, I think that when you're younger, there is something about when you're watching something, even when you're not, even when you're on your own and you're watching something and you feel a bit cringy, mm. like there was a quality of this film that made... What is that guy? <laughs> yeah. wow. The boss-eyed bass guitarist. And the blind quite guy. Something. What? what is going on? What is his um, syndrome? <laughs> uh, this was another like secret I remember seeing. Country bear jamboree, isn't it? <laughs> They're all animatronics. This guy's haircut is fucking immense. Hello. That is definitely a toupee. I think she's um, doing a Terminator. I think, no, I think one, of the, one of the other things from the... Uh, from the making of was, you know, they were they were trying to paint this up as a big feminist uh, victory. They were they were giving it the whole. It's a, it's like a Sergio Leone film. It's you know <laughs> she's the, she's really a, a cowboy and she doesn't she she'll punch any man. She'll slice any man's head off. It's like yeah, uh, yeah but you have to look at a bum while she does it. That's the problem. It's where the camera. I is. do not understand how her bra is staying on. Did, um, Did she paint it on? She has magic boobs. There's literally there's nothing keeping them on. They're just holding to her breasts. It's tit tape. Tit tape. Yeah, it's like uh, I've seen that. She's not gonna want to take that off later. <laughs> oh. Ugh. Yeah, she's fighting the patriarchy here, in the the form of slicing the heads off. Really slowly. And golems and. Uh, With no eyebrows or whatever they are, um, they do pointing like her bottom at the camera. 
No, you 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 make a good point. The the <laughs> the rationalization of it being he is so not plussed. Yeah, no, it's just a a day in the life for him. When you're a barman in Mars or wherever they are, every other day there's some silver-haired lady comes in and slices the heads off your patrons and goes on a merry way looking for a green orb. Her motion <laughs> is so weird. She's like treacle. She's like, uh, uh. <laughs> It's like she's really tired. Like, I'm so done with this. That is uh. something. Everyone does look a bit like, oh, for Christ's sake. I it's really... like it's really hot. Yeah. Are they in a volcano? Maybe there's more gravity on this planet. Maybe. Because oh, everyone shit, moves like they're absolutely shattered. I like how they've been captured looking at the background. It looks like they've been captured by Wiley Coyote. <laughs> <laughs> Leafing through the Atme catalogue. <laughs> the big catapult is there. <laughs> but I remember the uh, going back to the thing about like Ralph Bakshi um, and his kind of inspirational um, thing. I think someone... I think Stephen Worth put this up. It was just him talking at a comic convention about, like, when I think of all the stuff I used to do and how we had to do it all on cells and stuff, and, you know, you guys have Flash and whatever now. You know, all the time that we spent, like, wondering how we're going to make our film, you guys could just be making films. And I remember that really stuck with me. Mm. Um, And I kind of held him on a bit of a pedestal for that. You know, forgave him some of the sins of, uh, you know, Cool World. Uh, <laughs> or a stab at Lord of the Rings. Um, have to say, I didn't particularly care for his most recent independent film. The, the uh, Pier, was it uh, Was it called? Uh, Coney, Coney Island. Island. Yeah. yeah. But um, I think as someone who, you know, really sort of pushed the underground side of animation forward. I mean, it's it's a very easy thing to make fun of this film. Um, believe it or not. Why is she naked? And I'm not sure if this actually... <laughs> wow, her boobs are on a mission to <laughs> defy how boobs behave. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if this did much to sort of legitimize animation as an adult art form. But I think that maybe it probably did, because I think these cult films and underground films, things that kind of, you know, were sort of bubbling away, kind of in the background, not on everyone's radar, but were just sort of, you know, there as like this thing that people sort of knew about. Yeah. Um, I think that did lay a bit of a foundation for what is, you know, many decades later, it's not unheard of to make a film that is you know, appealing to an adult audience or doesn't doesn't compromise what it is because mm. it's animation. And although they are pretty different, uh, the other contender for this uh, week's episode, uh, Anomalisa, I do wonder if it wasn't for films like Heavy Metal or Fritz the Cat or various other, you know, um, I would say it's fair to say envelope-pushing films, as ropey as their production values may have been, uh, if that didn't contribute in some way to animation being legitimized as an art form for adult consumption. 
Oh, and yeah. And if, you know, it came, if in another dimension when, you know, Anomalisa was going to be adapted into a film, would animation have been a contender? Because it was originally, I think, a stage play. Yeah. Uh, or a radio play. Uh, would animation have been considered seriously as a contender for um, the medium it was adapted into? So I will give it, you know, credit where credit's due. You also asked earlier on if, if Ralph Bakshi had anything to do with this and it's very Bakshi-esque. I mean, you know, Ralph Bakshi would have already have done the majority of his best stuff by the time this film came out. You know, right. Fritz the Cat was at the tail end of the 60s. You had... Uh, Coon, yeah, Coon, yeah, yeah. I think it's like sixty-eight, sixty-nine, something like that. And then you've got mm-hmm. like um, uh, Coonskin and Heavy Traffic and all that sort of stuff. Lord of the Rings, which you know, we, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, the, all the stuff that he'd already um, developed and and released. You know, mm-hmm. the, the people working on these films would have been looking up to him. Yeah. And I think in turn, probably people like Bill Plimpton making feature-length independent projects probably may have had, you know, stuff like this in mind as, you know, or at least at the back of their minds. Mm. Um, and then in turn, you get people like Signe Bauman who make films that are not remotely like this. But, you know, hmm. having been a protege of Bill Plimpton, there's a kind of sequence of, um, you know, artistry, I suppose, that leads to artistry. Um so, yeah. All of this, you know, uh, cultural rationalization, we're missing the musty <laughs> lady fighting off against the... whatever this guy is. Cake man. Is, yeah, this is a guy who's turned evil because he's been covered in green. Ah, uh, is that um, Lochnar up to his tricks again? Mm. Oh, I like his um, Judge Doom pizza cutter hand. <laughs> I never thought of it. I've never connected the two together. <laughs> like, wow, yeah. So for all the the feminism and uh, f the patriarchy <laughs> theorizing about this character, she's getting the shit cut out of her. So she's being she, hacked up. And now yeah. she's being saved by a giant chicken. Well, the giant <laughs> chicken's her pal. He was dead a minute ago. Well, you know, it's it's. Chicken resilience. It sees his like owner that in peril, and his sword and like... got defeated by an angle on his <laughs> handle. It wasn't even by the sword; it was just the fact that he managed to grasp it between two completely not closing pieces of metal. She could have just gone. That was a good punch. That was a good squelchy fist in the face punch. And then she's like, "Ah, see." Yep. I did it. And um, I guess she won. <laughs> but at what price? Cut. Yeah, at what price indeed. So now is she... I, again, what's, what's... Oh, she took off the saddle. I'm not sure how that will help. Less weight? <laughs> Just, yeah. I am going completely bareback on my chicken Snorlax. <laughs> She's flying towards the volcano. Into the belly of the beast. So it's her versus big green watchamajigger. Oh, she does look weary. She has had a day. <laughs> as has the chicken. The chicken's got a big gaping wound in its neck. I don't know. It's like, like how... dude, you're making me fly now. 
<laughs> I don't like how scroty the chicken is. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh and now uh, Tana and chicken and big green glowing thing have become one. Or no, it says. No. She-ra, Kaboom. No. no. <laughs> also, no. So the green thing has been defeated. In a other world. But also, so if you remember, ladies and gentlemen, at the beginning, <laughs> a little version of the green orb was brought to a little girl by her dad. And the it, little dad girl has the same hair as Tana. And then as the green orb was telling the story of being defeated by scantily clad Tana and her chicken, um, he then was defeated... And a dollhouse exploded. (laughs) In the dollhouse with the little girl. He should have told a different story. He should have told the story where he won. Because if if the story's going to determine what actually happens to you... (laughs) Maybe don't tell the one where you got defeated. Maybe I'm, I'm not following the story properly. Uh, it, it is, um, yeah. So I, I think that um, I have no idea what happened in this film. Well, we're gonna I tell oh, you what. When chicken's we, back. Oh, it's a purple is it? It's purple. purple chicken. <laughs> it's a new evolution. It's night chicken. It's like Pokemon. It is like Pokemon. Oh, and she's gonna raise this chicken thing like her See, own. See, look, she, it's her. She is, she is Tiana. Oh, is that it? Yeah, because she's, she's, got, she's got the same hair. Well, Wait. she's aged. <laughs> but if she grows up and becomes Tiana, she, does she need to defeat the green thing? Because the green travel. thing already died. Time travel. Oh, it's like... Um... See? Ah! Oh, shit. I was Hair's right! Gone. Oh, shit. Ah. It all ties ah. together. Why did she go grey? And a new Tarakian is born to protect the next... Oh, is she like the Tarakan, the next generation? Ah, uh, okay. Oh, this yeah. time it's personal. <laughs> <laughs> there's some There's some real kind of heroes in this list. Obviously the first one there, Jimmy Murakami, straight off. Uh, Hilary Aldous, all these sort of... I'm going to look for a woman. Well, uh, yeah, Hilary. <laughs> there she is. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, Hillary, why? Harold Whittaker, who you would not associate with a film like this. <laughs> the mild-mannered Is that all the hero of British Wait, animation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, is Lonnie a girl's name? I mean, we'll take what we can get. Julie? <laughs> so what girls. did you think? What was... <laughs> You know, we're just counting girls for I the next four minutes. I am just counting the girls' names. <laughs> so, what, what did you make of it watching it again, uh, Ben? Oh, yeah, it is what it is. It's fun. <laughs> um, it's it's flawed. Yeah, um, yeah you think? Lawrence? It's, uh, no, it's fun to watch. Susan? I, uh, I, I don't think it's, it's... Marilyn? ...claimed a place in my heart. Another Susan. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Seven women so far. Oh, my Oops, goodness. I, we missed the Stevie Nicks song. Uh, Nothing says heavy metal. Eight, <laughs> including oh, Stevie so, Nicks. Uh, upcoming, Michael Dudot DeWitt worked on this film. What? Oh, really? <laughs> he worked on the Den sequence. I forgot yeah, about there that. There he is. Oh. Well, there you go. 
Right, well, thank you everyone for joining us for our watch of Heavy Metal. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Our Den was previously Dan. That was his uh, first name. Yeah, he was originally Dennis. Why am I a Dennis? Um... (laughs) So yeah, um, well, which is where we should be encouraging people to go and vote. What were the two films again, Laura? What, what, uh, what Land pick? Before Time and American Tale. Ooh, Clash so of the Titans either Five again. Or Littlefoot. Yeah. Mm. Who will win? Fight. Who? It would definitely be Littlefoot. <laughs> you just stamp on Five. Yeah. Stupid Five. <laughs> what a dick. Papa. <laughs> Papa. Squish. Oh, <laughs> Five. Um, right, um, you had something to plug. I do. It's roll. Ah. Uh, my new film is going to be playing on the BBC at 10.55, BBC 4, Sunday. And the show the is called Get Animated, right? I, that's it. I, I, I really do. I think it's it's a good sign that anima- when animation is played that late at night, because some of the best animation I've seen has been played that late at night. So I think, you know, you, you're in the... You know, the shadow of some amazing kind of titans of animation who have their stuff played at Channel 4 at 1 o'clock in the morning or something stupid on a Wednesday afternoon. Sunday at at 10 o'clock or, you know, 10 to 11, it's pretty premium spot. I remember uh, some of the best animation I saw was from when I would just let the um, videotape timer record because I would want to tape Euro Trash or something with naked people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it would inevitably take some animation that came on after it. So it is a fine national tradition. Uh, of course, it will be on BBC iPlayer uh, for probably, I imagine, about a month afterwards. The film is called The Gift. Yes, and it's part of a showcase of new animated talent. And there are some other good films in there, including a film by Ross Hogg and Ainsley Henderson and... Will Anderson and another UE student called David Tor. Yeah, and you can have a look and uh, follow along with the film and any other updates about the film and the screening and when it comes on iPlayer on my Instagram or on my Twitter at either LB Cowley or LB Yellow. LB Cowley is Twitter, LB Yellow is Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. There you go. Or The Gift on Facebook. The Gift animated film. Tremendous. Yeah. Uh, any other plugin to do? Uh, look out on Tuesday. Manchester Animation Festival is going to open up its call for entries. Uh, mm. Open until July thirty first. So if you've got a film, get it, get it in competition. Good stuff. Uh, we will, I'm sure, have uh, all the infos and stuff up on the Squiggly website uh, when the time comes. I don't really have much going on. Worth a mention that the Stuttgart Festival of Animated Film is going to be proceeding with its digital edition. Uh, I'm sort of peripherally involved. I'm interested to see how this goes, uh, as far as like a digital festival. There are different tiers of how you experience it. There's a free version, a version for like 10 euros, where you can watch the international competition, which by and large is quite tremendous, I thought. A good selection mm. of films. And then for business professionals, there's like a 20 euro version uh that's also the information is also up on squiggly also itfs.de and uh, the credits are running out so i think that's all i can say about it so goodbye everyone bye bye bye